The name of this church is Mercy Assembly, Mercy Assembly, the Book of Truth. Go to church. Find anybody around your axis, welcome the person to church. Person to church. Glory be to God. Be to God. Father, thank you because your word will have a road and an inroad into their hearts, into their minds. They will receive these things with all rapturousness, all aptness, all receptivity, all sense of gratitude, and all willingness to do, to perform, to carry out, to be obedient to the things that I will instruct us by your spirit. I thank you because your word is plain, clear, lucid, comprehensible, succinct. Your word is open to all who would willingly come with receptive and meek minds to receive. Thank you because they will find relevance of these things to their lives and be able to simply amply live by them. Pray and honor and pray. Thank mighty power, your glorious grace at work within us by Christ's death and resurrection. We love you, Lord. In Jesus we have prayed. Amen and amen. God's word is in redemption. Ah, of God's word is in redemption. Powerful stance that the word of God possesses or portrays stands for redemption. Ability of the working operation of the word is in Christ. Attempt to harness, utilize, harvest, use of the power of God's word outside the reality of truth which keep us in Christ's death and resurrection. Fulfillment of God's purpose in Christ's death and resurrection is a fulfillment of the word of God. But came to pass once when Christ successfully came to earth was supernaturally birthed as humans are birthed. Born as a human. Upon the face of the earth he died rose again to the glory of God spirit of holiness. Romans chapter 1 verse 4 according to the move of God's power. Raised from the dead which was the power of our being saved from our sin nature. John and I, John told him, coming out of the water, he said, Behold, Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the whole world. Okay, about the power, the power, the, the, the mighty power, the power, the, the power, the, the power, the power, the power of the world. It's in redemption. We always make light of redemption because it sounds light. Well, it may sound light, but the very content, the very subsisting elementality of redemption displays God's mighty, mirific, preternatural, supernatural, above the ordinary, exceedingly great power to save humanity. Thank God for redemption. Hebrews 2 and verse 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great Salvation. The greatest thing that ever happened to you is the fact that you are saved. Hallelujah. 
Sometimes mind blowing when I think about it. It's it, it, mouth gaping, mouth opening, agony, an embarrassing, pleasant surprise to think of the value of the cross. It's, it's everything. It's everything put together. It outmatches everything. Outside the wisdom of God. Reality outside salvation. There is no power except the power the cross has allowed you and I to partake of. Thank God for salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, you have in your life the greater of all. Of eternal life. Priceless gift of God. That circumstances, your your challenges in life, your poverty, your financial status, your marriage challenges, your challenges, even at times with getting who to marry. Some folks, some folks are heavily challenged with getting who to marry. They are than those who are married. Seriously challenged. You see them sobbing and crying because they've been jilted or because they're about to jilt somebody. Some folks are jilted, they cry. Some folks are about to jilt others, they cry. Afraid what the future holds in their relationship. Some folks are afraid of what the future is in their lives. But all these are nothing. They are nothing. They are no, they're, they're not enough to make you um, demean or devalue the power of salvation. The of God has happened to you once and for all. Of God came to pass. The, the most significant and magnificent favor of the Lord was bestowed upon you. The, the, most, the most unique of God's gifts ever in the history of man came your way when Christ gave to you eternal life by the sacrificial work of the cross that brought atonement, reconciliation, propitiation, and mercy. All the same thing. Thank God. Amen. Hallelujah. Bible. Look through the, the New Testament. Those didn't have time to exalt of great areas of life. Very serious mistake you could make. Come to a church like this generally. No, let me just make it more general. You could think that Christianity is lopsided, is is um is um is myopic. It's, why are we always talking about heaven? We're on earth talking about heaven. Are we not senseless? <laughs> that, that's, that, that was the kind of thing I heard some years ago in my mind when I was a little boy. I felt that here I am on earth pulling class who beats me all the time. I go to school. Evil boy from the Emirates that used to beat me when I was a, when I was a student at um, 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 two. Talking about heaven. Do I correlates going to heaven with suffering, suffering severe punishment from a little boy like me who I'm afraid of. The rubbish is on the grounds of immediate needs. Take for granted we've been panning on the heaven. Hungry now, now. You're talking about heaven. I'm going to bring it closer home. In a church like this, even some members of this church feel that we are, we are narrow-minded. Narrow-minded. Anything that Christ died. He's not making any progress himself. Yeah, he's not making progress. And when I make progress, I'll come back and give him progress. 
Please, when you make your progress, take it. Stay with it. This. With your progress. Don't come and give me progress because it will my life. It's like cost to you. <laughs> Value what you've been working on all the years and feel that it's manpower. Put the Bible. Jesus exalted the influence and the power of the gospel in the lives of men. Scriptures. You will see the gospel occupying a very strategic place in your life. Do you know what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen? You have not started living right until you begin to harness the influence of the gospel in your mind orientation and in your livelihood. You will see the very weighty and loaded benefits of being a Christian in all ramifications and entirety of your total life in heaven for the now, I mean on earth for the now and in heaven for the future. Look for the people. The, 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 the concept is, is, is a blown one in the gospel. The nations are in the gospel. The examples for the gospel. The stories are about the gospel. The concept is a gospel concept. The thought and the myth, the theme and the tale, and the things about the past, the present and the future all revolve around the gospel as the cardinal cross. The very pith, the very hope, the very center. The gospel that you are saved that you are saved is the greatest thing that ever happened to you it's the, it's the, it's the greatest thing it's the, it's the best thing it's the, it's the most unlike thing that is the best thing that ever happened to you it's not like kids because we can't tell the extent of it but it's the best thing that ever happened to you the divine connect is your salvation. The only divine connect is your salvation. The only premise of God's blessing in your life is your salvation. The only platform of relationship you have with God is your salvation. The only platform of God's blessing is your salvation. The only way God has had an interest in your life is your salvation. The only way God's eyes are upon you is your salvation. The only way God hears your prayer is your salvation. All are in the gospel. The gospel is the greatest divine concept. The gospel is the greatest human blessing. Blessing for humanity. Excited. Chapter 1. To him. To this church sometime. Has concluded all. The Jew, the Gentile, on that same. 132, that he will have mercy upon all. Lord of God, there is righteous. All have sinned, Romans 3 and verse 10, and come short of the glory of God. Sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. I'll tell you something from Romans chapter 1, but let me show you this at Romans chapter 5. For a start, for a start, 
listen to me. Twenty. Five verse twenty. God. More of the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. In of the Old Testament complicated the case of man. Law is a consciousness of sin. And you find that First Corinthians fifteen. Strength of sin is the law, and the sting of sin is death. Power that sin has is death, and the strength that sin wields against humanity is the omission of the law that is common to man. Not doing it right, which is peculiar to the human nature. Corinthians 15, 55, 56, 57 talks about our victory. 15, 55, 56. Chapter 5, ladies and gentlemen, verse 21, that as sin hath read unto death, reigned unto death even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord the end of every man upon earth is a lasting doom there's no purgatory it's how they lie they say after death the soul of man hangs in a limbo not on earth not in heaven um, saintly prayers at the Catholic Church by the sinful priests and sinful reverend fathers. The soul of such person is transposed into heaven in the place of eternal rest. Greatest love of the devil. 27 is appointed, but it is appointed unto man once to die after death judgment. When dies, that is the end of activity. The Lord knows how to reserve the ungodly to the day of judgment and the godly to the day of judgment also. In eternal peace in his sight. The day of reward and the day of everlasting fire. Whether you are righteous or you are an unbeliever, make your choice. Alright, you have your choice already. Your last breath. Mark the day. End. Of your being able to make a choice to be given the gift of eternal life. Death. It becomes impossible to be given life. For this cause was the gospel also preached to them that are dead, that they will be judged like men in the flesh, but live unto God in the spirit. 19 first Peter for six. The gospel was preached to those who are dead. So they will talk like men in the flesh. On the grounds of possessing eternal life by having faith in Christ where they lived or not. But live to God as people who are dead in the realm of the spirit. Death. It's either you have life or you don't have life. 
life, then you are saved from God's wrath. Romans 5, 9, 5, 10, 5, 11. If life, you are under God's wrath. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. If in Christ you have life, you are saved. If in Christ you don't have life, you are doomed. For salvation. Verse 21. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. The same way that a man is made a sinner and has inherited death, a dead nature alienated from God and his life, in Christ Jesus, you and I have the power to reign in life. 5, 15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more, the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus, had abounded unto many. Romans 5, 15, 5, 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more. They which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. To reign in life does not just mean to reign in some physical segments or spheres of life. To reign in life, ladies and gentlemen, is to reign as a king on the earth. And this speaks of reigning above the law, reigning above condemnation, above guilt, above the power of sin, above the ridicule of sin consciousness, above uh, the feel of guilt in the sight of God, above the feeling of sins in the sight of God. You have confidence and boldness before him today. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 1 verse 15. Let me start from verse 14. Romans chapter 1 verse 14. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians. Both to wise and to the unwise. The Greeks and the barbarians were the three classes of men in Bible days. Debtor to the Greeks. I'm a debtor to the barbarians. Just like I have already established, I'm a debtor to the Jews. Both to the wise, the Jews, and those who are unwise. Paul was saying here, verse 15. So, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. I am indebted to every human. Owe you the gospel. Sincerely, I owe you. Owe every man the responsibility preach the gospel at them. I owe them. I am indebted to you. There is something that God has given me for you. Every man I see. Jews, Gentiles, barbarians. We are classed as Israel. The Greeks were classed as those who sought for wisdom. Who sought wisdom or sensibility. The Jews sought for signs. Uh, the Greeks sought for wisdom, sensibility. The barbarians were people, the others, 
who had no class, they could not be classed as under the guise of the prophetic or under the search for wisdom. So they were called barbarians. These the Jews, the unwise, all other men upon the face of the earth. For being wise as Jews or being unwise, Paul said, I owe you something. Obligation to let you know the path of God's peace. I'm under obligation to let you, you must, you must hear me tell you the mind of God about your destiny. You must hear me tell you the mind of God about your future. You must hear me tell you the mind of God where you are going after death. After death, it's either you go to hell or you go to heaven. I am under obligation. I'm under obligation. Obligation. Person, I'm indebted. I owe this to you. This to you. I, I owe this to you. It's a central thing. He said that Romans 13 and verse 8. So you don't think Paul was saying that it's one of those things you could owe anybody. Don't think Paul was saying, well, owe them money, owe them clothing, owe them whatever, and then also owe them this. He said at Romans 13 8, owe no man anything but to love. Paul said, don't owe anybody anything. Don't owe anybody anything. Don't owe anybody. The only thing you owe them is the love. But Paul here says, I owe you by divine mandate. I owe you the gospel. You, what the gospel has offered you. I owe you an explanation of the power inherent in the gospel. The mighty ability inherent in the gospel. I owe you to explain to you how Christ came to die and paid by his blood. I owe you an explanation, freedom, proclamation, declaration, emancipation. I owe you the truth of the fact that Christ delivered you. I owe you. I'm under responsibility to let you know you are free today in Christ by his blood. For the liberty came to procure free of charge. I owe you. you. Romans 1. 15. So, as much as in me is, I have no option. I'm ready. The theme of Bible says is a fulfillment of the word. It's God's answer to humanity. It is sometimes unstated but heartfelt question of, me, of the future. Christ is God's response of love. It's God's blessings made available. God's life and forgiveness mercy offered. Christ is God's fellowship presented. Christ is the way, the truth and the life. He's the very inroad into the heart of God. Christ is the open door to the house. Christ is the high priest over the house of God. Christ brings God to us. His name is called Emmanuel which been interpreted is God in common in common with us. God in common with us. Yeah. This is what the gospel did. Offered us on the
matter on the plate of Christ's death and resurrection. The life of God, communion with God, partaking one of another, to share one with another. Peter 1.4 We are partakers of his divine nature. Partakers of God's divine nature. The ridicule I have seen on earth is the ridicule of painting the Christian as a victim who comes to church to receive blessings once in a while. The ridicule and slap on the face of Jehovah God, on the face of Yeshua, the Savior of mankind, in the truth and the power, in spite of all the things God has done, is this idea of painting the Christian as some beggar, cringing, servitude person in slavery, in slavishness, who comes to church and combat by problems on earth and at times finds the face of God, at times he does not. The greatest is this idiocy of having to stand between him of whom God sent Christ to die and God himself and say, well, I will help you beseech the Lord if the Lord sometimes will answer. We've painted God wrongly to the Christian. I'm not one of those destitute. I'm a child of God. About the kingdom of God. God is my father. I have his spirit on the inside of me. I don't beg to hold these your callous, cowly lies. I stand firm and strong in the faith and in the confidence of the cross. God saved me. He didn't save you. He saved me alone. I don't know about you. Chapter 1. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I don't feel shame for the gospel. Was it not the fact that he was not feeling personal shame? No, he was saying, I don't feel shame for the gospel. He wasn't talking about shame for himself because of the gospel. He was talking about shame for the gospel. I don't belittle the gospel's power. It is the power of God. French ability to self-produce like a dynamo. Self producing power. Self producing power. Self producing dynamic energy. Self producing power. Is used, it is produced. A dynamo. Common is the working of an electric current or voltage generator. Tackles and circuits of magnetic flux, it produces power that drives electronics and electrical objects. And the power doesn't end. It keeps producing the power in circles, in circles, in circles. Of God, the self existing power of God, the self creative power of God is unto salvation to everyone that believeth. God's mighty power to deliverance. The reality of God's mercy is in the gospel. The reality of God's ability, God's love, God's kindness, God's favor, God's benevolence. God's extraordinary largesse, God's gifts, God's mercy and compassion, God's forbearance and long suffering. In the gospel, 
making a serious mistake in the church of Jesus Christ. We are attempting to reach God outside the gospel. And we are preaching to humans to attempt to reach God outside the gospel. We preach the gospel as one of those things, or one of those ways, or one of those means, or one of those ideologies by which we can reach God. But if you look at the Bible, the only central theme of Bible message is the gospel. You cannot get to God outside the gospel. It's the only way. Best of God for humanity is in the gospel. May I shock you with this news? God will not add to your life anymore because he gave you all in the gospel. With this good news I've preached to you in this church, not once, not twice. I've preached this at you in this church, not once, not twice. God cannot add to you anymore because the gospel gave you the fullness and the fullness of God. God will not do more for you than he did in the gospel. The very best cream, dollar cream of all God will have offered. He offered humanity in the gospel. That you have encountered the gospel and that you are saved. You have the very best of God today. What the Bible teaches that in the body of Christ today we have reduced an emphasis on the Bible which inadvertently has consequentially made us reduce emphasis on the gospel the only thing needful here is the truth of the gospel no more no less the word of God no more as the word of redemption no more are you listening to me today not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the mighty ability of God unto salvation. Salvation. Nothing you need on earth that is as relevant to your life as salvation, having power and pact for the now, for the past and the present. For heaven, for the casual fleeting now and your eternity. We thank God that God had from the beginning chosen you to salvation. Sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Second Thessalonians 2 13. Verse 14. We are unto you have been called unto the up of the glory of God by the gospel called unto the obtaining of the glory of God by the gospel destructive sentiment the most destructive sermon in the church is the sermon that despises the fact that the Christian has got the best heaven has got to offer in Christ's death and resurrection. See, we make no sense. We make no sense. We make senseless talk. We are being idiotic when we come to church and we announce to the Christian, God will bless you. It's senseless because he already obtained the glory of God. Do you know what the glory of God means? It means the dogs of God. It's a Greek word. D-O-X-A. It means the fullest weight. The most tangible substance of God's manifestation happened to you in Christ already. 
auspices. Should I believe this thing he just said? Well, under the same auspices by which you are saved, if you are saved. Because I know many of us didn't get saved by the Bible. We got saved by church. Church doesn't save. Songs don't save. Prayers do not save. Your salvation is guaranteed by the word of God. Say to me, I got saved because I believed in Christ's death and resurrection. I confessed with my mouth and I believed in my heart as the word of God has said. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. First Peter 1.23, by the word of God which liveth forever. If I believe I have been saved by the word of God and also believe that I have the glory of God by the same word. It's rubbish. And we gather Christians to a special service where God, where we have, we have prayed God to do something new in their lives. New anointing service. The only new anointing service in Bible was salvation. Blessing service. The only new blessing reality is the gospel. Mercy service. The only new mercy service, according to the Bible, is your redemption. Great grace service. The only great great service in the Bible is your salvation. Abundant blessing for the Christian in the new millennium. The only possibility of this contextual phrase is in salvation. Our loftiest ideologies in presenting the world, particularly with reference to human needs, is a satanic device to make us lose sight of the truth of God's word. Our lofty words, our lofty words, all capturing in a synosure human needs varying range of human needs together as a means of God's bestowership or endowment through the word as satanic ideas to make an average Christian disbelieve who he is in Christ Jesus they are satanic ideas words of unbelief Year of peace and surprise. What does this mean? Year of peace and surprise is the year of salvation. Which year? Forever. Once you are saved. And if you are not saved, it's still forever. You only have to be saved to enter into it. To enter into rest. The only way to enter into God's rest is by salvation. Entering your blessing is by salvation. Entering your miracle is by salvation. Entering God's love is by your is by salvation. Entering God's mercy is by salvation. Entering God's best is by salvation. Entering God's peace is by salvation. You don't enter any other way. You enter in Christ. And if in Christ you are in, you are in. You don't enter again. You have entered once and for all. Nothing else works or is right outside the fact that you have entered in Christ once and for all. Salvation is the best of God unleashed upon humanity by a free gift of God's act of benevolence and mercy. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed. It is the power of God to save. Out of God to save. 
as a child of God. In the nature of God. Member of the kingdom of heaven. Lost your identity in God's divinity. Given you, He has washed you and cleansed you and changed you. But the Son of God is come and they have given to us an understanding that we may know Him that is true and we are in Him that is true in His Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. This is the true God and eternal life. First John 5.20 This is the true God and eternal life. And we have this life on the inside of us. God First John 5.11 God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. He that believeth not hath, hath not life. He that believeth hath life. We've been given God's life. Has demonstrated his love towards us. Showcased his mercy. God has used up his life. You and I today are blessed. We are consoled. We are encouraged. We are comforted. We've been helped. We've been assisted. We've been healed. We've been delivered. We've been liberated. We've been incapacitated. We've been made capable. We've been given an advantage. We've been benefited. We've been endowed in an extraordinary way. This is redemption. Romans chapter 1 verse... 16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ For it is the power of God Under salvation to everyone that believeth To the Jew first And also to the Greek Salt We claim A Christian is saved So he can get there He's saved So he can get it just preached on prosperity God's prosperity or God's formula for abundance and he says alright I want to pray for every person here who is indebted who is poor who is poverty stricken you want a new job you want to change level new level for everybody here today who is asking God for a better financial life Almost everybody in the church leave their seat, drop their Bibles, come to the altar to be prayed for. They want to break through financially. They want to buy new cars and new houses. Marry a wife in the church. You can't marry in the church anymore except you are rich. Sisters don't believe in God's leading anymore. That was those days. You better work hard now and don't say God led you. I have a lot of money in the church and you come to church... When they see your money, then God will be leading them to you. Lead many sisters to you when you are rich. They will be led by the same God. They will fight. They will pray. They will cost themselves and tear themselves apart till somebody succeeds being led. Paul. Led, they are not led. And led or they are led, God's leading will hit the road very soon. Because God only leads the rich to the rich or the rich to the poor. But the poor to be rich. It always has to do with riches some way. To me now. Since I want everybody here who wants to be rich. So you can get married. 
You need money. You've been embarrassed, not once, not twice, by the proprietor of your building. You've been embarrassed by your by your boss at work. You, you've been sacked. Some folks have finished school seven or six years down the line. They are still struggling on the roads of Lagos. The dusty roads of some, of some shark or hamlet in this country. They've not been able to get a job. Pastor says, I want to pray for you. So they all come out. Those who are rich want to be richer. The poor want to get rich. The mega box billionaires still want to have more billions. They now want to be rich in dollars. Levels of riches. Because riches make many friends. Says, alright, I'm going to pray for you to be rich right now. Pray for you to prosper. But before I pray for you to prosper, I want to pray for you to be saved. How does it make sense? Their prosperity is in their salvation. Their prosperity on earth is not physical, it's spiritual. And it's from the spiritual they understand to walk in physical prosperity. The kind of prosperity that lasts, doesn't destroy those who possess it, is a kind of prosperity understood from the realm of the spiritual. As we say a thing like, well, well, I want to pray for deliverance because it's tagged deliverance 2000. God said he wants to set his people free. This can't be God. God's people, they are free. God doesn't speak like that. Only demons speak like that. An empty-headed pastor speak like that. God will never say, I want to set my people free. Because in Christ Jesus, his people, for being his people, are delivered. Says, I want to bless my people. No, because his people are blessed for being his people. They are his people. They are, they are seeds of his loins. Eaten and, and fabricated in a spiritual way by his precious eternal life. So, they are his people, they are delivered. Just alright. Um, if you want deliverance in this church, come out. Before I deliver you, I want to preach salvation. It's wrong. Sound your deliverance. I pray that God will bless you, but I want you to get saved first. What's the meaning of this? Your salvation is your blessing. It's God's blessing. It's God's empowerment. It's God's help. Let me, let me, let me run here. Let me run. Alright. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. For then is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God. The justice the justification. Just imputation of God. Just gifts of God. Attainment of God's righteousness. Doesn't save the sinner. God saves the righteous. Many of this. Except there is righteousness available in Christ to be given the sinner, God doesn't save. Ordinarily, you are saved because Christ gave you righteousness. No way God will have saved you except there was righteousness to give you. Understand that by Christ's death, God punished sin. The soul that sinned's idea of divinity was was operated in Christ's death. Christ died. A gory, grisly death. 
He died a shameful death on the cross. He died a harmful death, a fatalistic stroke of death by divine mandate was inflicted upon the Son of God in its full weight. It was God who crushed him. It was God who subjected his soul to anguish. It was God who slew him. It was God who killed him. It was God who made his soul an offering for sin. God who killed the son was God. Church reality of God being able to save it's of righteousness by which God saves revealed in faith. It's by faith in Christ this righteousness ever came. As it is written the just shall live by faith. What is the meaning of the just shall live by faith? Shall live by faith, ladies and gentlemen. The just will be able to die by bread and water. No. Two. The soul that is lifted up in himself shall not be upright in his sight, for the just shall live by faith. This is the first appearance of this face in Bible. And in this context, it simply means the justified man is justified by faith and not by works. Doesn't have anything to do with needs of daily sustenance. It is written, the man made righteous shall be made righteous by faith. In the gospel, is the righteous requirement to please God by which God saves obtained. And it happens from faith to faith. It's only in faith. It's only in the gospel we find the righteous legal requirement to please the Lord by which we are saved. Jesus offered this. Christ died, paid by his blood and offered a road and a high road into the heart of the Father by the which you and I are given eternal life. It is by the gospel. The power and the influence of the gospel. It is by the gospel. Go God. Justified man shall be just or called just by faith. The righteous man shall be called just by faith. It's by faith in Christ you are justified, not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh in the sight of God be ever justified. It's by faith in Christ you and I are justified. Praise God forevermore. Faith we are just. It's by faith we are called who we are in Christ Jesus. Half of God is revealed from heaven. Against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. But in Christ we have found salvation because of God's righteousness that we have by faith. For the wrath of God in heaven is revealed from for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. But we thank God because in Christ we have found God's righteousness by the which we have been saved. We have been saved from wrath to come. We've been saved from the wrath of God. Galatians 1 4 He has delivered us from this prison evil world. We have been saved from wrath. Let me close. Look at Romans Romans chapter 8. Chapter 8. Something that happened to you at salvation. All I just described is based on your salvation. Chapter 8, we wish to put your fingers in there. Romans chapter 8. 
Let me show you the process of salvation at Romans chapter, I mean Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians and chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Are you in church today? Praise God. Chapter 1. 13. 13. Think. Look up. Two minutes. You know, think we think at salvation. Come to the altar. One or two things. And God in heaven above decides to pardon me. Don't emphasize Christ's sacrifice as the basis of salvation. We don't. This is the reason why to us it's temporal. Think You think that salvation is repentance. That's what we think. And some folks don't want to get saved because they don't want to leave their sins. Sincerely, they don't want to. Have tried to get saved before, but they could not leave their sins. Realize that you don't leave your sins to get saved. You get saved to leave your sins. Power of salvation is not manifested in leaving your sins. In leaving your sins, you are saved. Power of leaving your sins that salvation gives you. Your sins does not with power that saves. It's been saved that with the power that makes you leave your sins. Because as Christians up to now are struggling with some bad habits, and we always feel that the way around it is by prayer and fasting or by being saved again. Sometimes you will say, evidently I'm not saved. Why? See, because I smoke. I know my sins. I may not tell you, but I know. And I know that we are all sinners like that. Since I can't be free, then we don't know about the is free. Do not struggle with sins. The Bible says to lay aside every weight that sin that also is beset you. The easiest way to leave your habit is to understand salvation. And to know you are not under the power of this habit, you have the right to say no. You have the right to leave aside the worst habits as a Christian. You have power to drop it. Deliberately drop it and say no to righteousness and yes to righteousness. You have the power to yield your members as instruments of righteousness to God and to say no and to stop yielding your members as instruments of unrighteousness to Satan and the works of the flesh. You have the choice. He empowered you by salvation to be able to say no to ungodliness. Some folks come to church say, I want to give my life to Christ. And the first thing they say is, Jesus, please forgive me. I've, I've been ignorant. Forgive me. All the things I've done, they begin to count their sins. Just like they count their blessings. Sorry. Just like they don't count their blessings. They count their sins and count their sins and count their sins. I say, Lord, forgive me finally. Finally. Amen. And they will cry. Step out of church and they commit some of those things again. Even after service. So they feel there is nothing in salvation. And over and over again. But you are not saved for repenting. Saved for giving your life to Christ. 
You know, I keep saying to you, I said, don't give your life to Christ. Accept salvation. Because I think we are flippant about it. We are light-handed on this phrase. I, I want to give my life to Christ. Because what we are talking about is, is not what the salvation creed is all about. We just think of giving our life to Christ by, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to stop doing what I used to do. I want to start coming to church. I want to be a good person. I want to be a good person. No! Don't try to be a good person. Be saved first. Just in the church, for a lack of understanding of what salvation is, we have preached to people to be good. For a lack of understanding for what it means to be saved, or to have God's life, or to have right status in the sight of God, we have admonished members of the church to be good. People come in the church who have never met Christ. They are just pretenders, and sometimes we take them for the sake. Some Muslims come to church and they stay in church for many years. <laughs> I've had stories, not once, not twice, of Muslims who were in holiness churches. I mean, big, big, big time churches that parade holiness on all grounds. And then these men on their wedding day stand and say, Well, I'm a Muslim and I will die a Muslim. This guy was a worker in church. So when I was on campus, it happened to a CU brother. He was one of the schools, very hardworking, very laborious. So he married a CU sister. On their wedding day, publicly in this town, he said, "I'm a Muslim. I will die a Muslim." Brother Peter, <laughs> we call him Peter. He is not Siru. He is not Siru. He never changed. He never accepted salvation. He only gave his life to Christ. Understanding our own ways are better than, than his own ways. Now he's come to realize himself. He said, well, what will she do then? Divorce him. Then and then. Vavahal said, well, I'm a Christian and I will die a Christian. Pastor, come back split us now now. Praise God. <laughs> she fainted. She fainted. So, Get up and shut the man away. An evil man. This must not damage your life. It must not. Something like divorce. Shouldn't damage your life. Being jilted. Shouldn't damage your life. If on the day of your wedding, your husband says he's a Muslim, divorce him there and there and start to live a good life. Being pregnant should not destroy your life. If you are pregnant, give birth to it. Don't abort. Give birth to it and continue to live a better life. Because he's a Muslim, so I'm a Christian, bro. God bless you. Today, 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 we are splitting. Oh, what's that one? You don't understand what she has gone through. She's been used. He also has been used. We have both been used. We have both been used. Who was not used between the two of us? We are both used. With the cloak of newness in the child of God, there's newness every day and begin to live a better life. We must you die because somebody divorces you? Because somebody says um, he's a Muslim. That's you. I'm a Christian, bro. Bro, Peter, I'm not saying, what did you call your name again? Or Jekundu. Today, today, we are speaking. When this girl get pregnant, come to Mercy Assembly. In this church, you will deliver. We will take care of the child. You will go back to school. You become somebody meaningful. And you will marry Tolu. In this same church, you will see marry Tolu. Church. You will marry a good brother. It doesn't make a difference who you are. Come to church, you will marry Tolu. Same people who destroy our victims. We destroy our casualties. 
The body of Christ preaches love. Yeah, we don't walk in love. Our walking in love is to share a bottle of Coke. That's unhygienic. Not walking in love. You spread with your dirty mouth. Give it to me. I must eat it. I, say, I feel somebody say you're not walking in love. In love towards a JS3 girl being pregnant? Can you walk in love? In the family way by Chizobam in this church. Can you walk in love towards them? Will you love the woman? Will you love Chizobam? Will you love the baby? Will you love them? Will you not preach? Will you not destroy them? Will you not? And you walk in love. The eating bread have words. Eating bread is unhygienic. That one is not love. Have unwashing mouths. The issue is practicable. It's about a lifestyle. The power of forgiveness. The power of mercy. The power of support, of encouragement, the power of assistance, the power of giving, the power of supporting one another in the realm of the spirit, the power of believing in ourselves, the power of friendship and relationship, the power of understanding God's family life is working in love, not just sharing bread over 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 tea. Chapter one, verse thirteen. In whom also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth. Full of your salvation. In whom also. After that ye believed. You were sealed. Guaranteed somebody says. I mean one version says. You were guaranteed. You were established. As a child of God. You were, one version says you were confirmed. I confirmed. Mission of your Christianity is the gift of the Spirit. The Spirit of God was given you. Mission you are a child of God. The process is not as flimsy. It's not as, as um, disdainable. As unworthy as human, as jocular, as ordinary, as just coming to the stage, I give my life to Christ, and then I'm given church membership card, tight card, um, church projects fund with the green envelope, offering fund, pastor's um, birthday, pastor's wife's birthday, pastor's children's birthday. Um, Father's Day envelope. Mothers, we even do Independence Day envelope. Something a church in Nigeria had American Independence Day service. I do 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 festival, festival of the occultic Nigeria. Do do. What do do? So it involves you. And he has to come with understanding. You must be taught the word of God. You trusted after you had the word, which is the gospel. After you believed or trusted, you were sealed. You were affirmed. You were ratified. You were sealed. You were sealed. 
sealed, healed, and confirmed. Doctor, child of God, I'm confirmed. Heart. verse 30 and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God where but you have been sealed until the day of redemption which speaks of the day of redemption of your bodies sealed salvation is complete salvation won't be complete in heaven it's complete have you seen the lie that we have in the church the lie we have in the church is this. The Christian is saved so he can make heaven. It's not an easy road. We are traveling to heaven for many other thorns on the way. Oh no, it's not an easy road. The hand, Kima Kusano, Kima Kusano, Befi Mumide Leo. I was singing in parts. You are singing God's song, you are singing a wrong song in parts in church. Or two liar to call in a party, only Bruku, or two. God will judge your mouth on that day for singing in parts. For, for being musical about the wrong song, God will judge your mouth on that day. <laughs> Hallelujah! The Christian is not trying to make heaven. The Christian is sealed in member of heaven. Heaven has accepted you. Heaven has become your kingdom. Heaven has become your future destination. You won't fall out. You are a part of heaven already. You see, you see, 99% of pastors don't know what I just told you. But it is the truth. Most don't know. They don't know. Say so let's pray. Let us pray that in that day. We shall make it. I want to see you in heaven. Stop that kind of prayer. The only man you will see in heaven is man saved. If you are not saved your prayer cannot. Cannot get you to heaven. Prayers don't get people to heaven. Fasting cannot. It's by accepting Christ. You are a member of heaven. Translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The Christian is saved. He's sealed. Alright, let me close. Best of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession until the praise of his glory speaks of our immortal bodies. The Spirit of God gives us life. We have an entitlement to immortal bodies in that day, which is actually the culmination of the entirety of God's plan. That we have immortal bodies to be able to dwell with God permanently and eternally. At Romans chapter 8, let me close. Receive the spirit of bondage again to fire. But see the spirit of adoption. You change your orientation. By redemption, you've been adopted into the family of God. Of 
full-fledged rights of a child of God. Child of God is not about doing good things. It's about belonging to God's family by spiritual birth. I'm a child of God. You? You're a child of God? <laughs> what was a child of God? A child of God? A John Beloro. Then all of us, including devils, are children of God. Because the way I'm looking at you, evidently you are not a child of God. And you feel terrible about it. He has judged you on the surface. He has judged you on the outward, on the super royal, the external, the supernal. He has judged you on the coating. Bad because even you judge yourselves on such grounds of frivolities. You are born into a family, or you are given the rights of an adoption. You are not a member of the family. In this case, we are born into God's family, but for being humans, we are called adopted. And on earth. You are not a member of my family. He said, you are born into my family by physical birth. Also, you could be given adopted rights. You could be called an adopted child of my family. When rights, members of my family would naturally have or possess a given thing. The case of Christianity, you and I are born of God's spirit. Also, we are called adopted because we are humans. We are not God's species. We are not mortal. So how can God, how can God birth immortal beings? So we are called adopted because we are mortal beings birth into divine life. When a child is born into your family supernaturally, does that called adopted? Child is not born to your family naturally. It's called adopted. We are called adopted and born into God's family because we are humans. Adopted. You know what I mean by this? I mean, on earth, a man is not born and adopted at the same time. It's either you are born or adopted. But we are both born and adopted because we are humans. On earth, a, a child cannot be born into your family and adopted at the same time. It's not done. It's either you are born of the family or adopted. Understand what it means to be born into your family. That is, you've been born by your mother and father. And I also hope you understand what it means to be adopted. That is, you and your wife, or you are by yourself, or your wife are by yourself. You go to a place where there are children in an orphanage, or some families that are, that are suffering, they are less privileged in society, and you take their child by their consent. You bring to your house and you say, this child has become mine. I will take care of this child. The child is entitled to full-fledged rights. I have. So, if you are going to write a will, you have five children and two you have adopted. You don't call those adopted children your children in your will. You say, one to five, my children, you name them, so and so. You now say, Sixth child is XYZ. 
an adopted child is entitled to so and so when I die. Seventh child, so and so, is entitled as an adopted child. Because by the law, they are your children adopted. So, you can't adopt a child born into your family. But in Christianity, we are born of God and also adopted of God. Why? Because we are humans and God is immortal. If a dog is going to be born into your family, and you financially rebirth the dog by your human nature, and the dog looks like a dog, but it now has a human nature. So the dog is born after your family and also adopted because it's a dog. Don't you? Sounds horrible. I'm going to receive the spirit of bondage again of fear. Receive the spirit of adoption. Spirit of adoption in actual sense is just an idea. It's not, it's not, not this. It's the spirit of adoption because we didn't belong to God before now. And of God, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship rights, the spirit of sonship privileges. The spirit of sonship authority. Whereby we can call out father, father. The spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And children then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together. That speaks of the eternity or heavenly sin. Suffering with him on earth and being glorified with our physical bodies turned to immortality. Look at verse 17. And if children, then we are heirs. We are heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. Privileges that Christ enjoyed as a son. We enjoy today. As children of God. Audaciousness. The same love and favor of the father. God loved Christ. Then God loves you. The relationship between God and Christ. Is what exists between you. And God today. You see. What Christ. Lived. The kind of life he lived. As some. Super. Extra Christian life. Christ. Presented the prototype of the Christian life. Life ought not to be to us an animal. Should not be some example so far fetched and so difficult to reach or achieve. It should be a life exemplary for us to live. Jesus left us an example to follow in his steps. The way Christ related with God, you and I can relate with God. As a son of the house of God, he was entitled to the Father's possession. You and I today are entitled to the possessions of the Father. Christ's idea, Christ's relationship. Imagine Christ's flow with God. Exists with such 
powerful relationship with God for the pact of salvation. Stop cringing. Stop being confused. Start to walk freely. Start to talk freely. Start to relate without resentfulness, without repulsion, without sin consciousness. Start to understand God as a father and start to walk with him. Children of God, we're hands of God, we're joint hands with Christ. Hallelujah. Feet bless his name, give him glory. All the honor, all the majesty, all the dominion. Blessed be the name of the Lord forevermore. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. You are highly lifted up. The very crux of your Christianity is an understanding of who you are in Christ. Whom God has made you. The facts and figures of your salvation should not be denied on the grounds of things you can see or things you cannot see that argue against the work of the cross in your life. I want you to take these things very seriously. They matter. If you are going to ever make it right in Christianity and enjoy God and the fullness of his power in your life, then you cannot avoid these things. They sound to you like repetitions in this church. They sound like some abstract things I just say because I think I know them. They may even sound like some juvenile delinquent words. I'm speaking because I'm a young person or because I'm not exposed. Brother, stop the beat and play low. Excuse me before they said, This pastor, you've not seen things before. You're just talking anyhow. Sometimes members of this church say that in passing comments. As though I'm just talking, talking things that I think are right. Wish, I sincerely wish I just made all these things up myself. I... I sometimes in the corner of my room just wished they were just stupid words I just said from my stupid head. But it, it was never so. My dream has never come to pass on that ground. It is the word of God which has a binding feature on your life. You are under responsibility. You are. It, it pains me. It makes my heart bleed that you are under responsibility the child of God because these things are true. They are the word of God. I wish I would just make shift fanciful words I say because I, I, I don't know what to do because I'm not learned because I didn't go to school or because I'm a poor man. I say some of this is because of my own evil heart, my own terrible attitudes, my own my own greed, my own lusts. I wish I wish I made these things up because I was a little boy from from a poor state, Kogi state. I wish, I wish we were just out of some frivolous thinking of having watched films and films and watched an Schwarzenegger or James Bond that made me see all this. I wished it were so. I wish I was just lying. 
complete because the church is in a mess right now. Facts and figures of the Bible do not lie. The church of Jesus is in a mess right now. We're in a terrible shape. And unless we go back to the word, there's no way forward. And I said to you in this church, 99%, 99.9%, many, many, and I and I use such figures or percentage for people that are wrong. My heart bleeds in the corner of my room. I weep. I weep for the church. I weep for the church. The church is in a terrible state right now. As a king on every hill, each man did what he pleased in his own sight. Nobody knows the way forward. Christianity, it's in its darkest hour. Christendom, it's in its darkest moments and it's getting worse. We see not our signs. And they are not afraid from God anymore. Just lying boys running around town not knowing what they want to do with their lives. Unemployment has infused pastors into the church. Unemployment and poverty has caused church proliferation. Church has been turned to merchandise. The name of Christ has been blasphemed and used to make money. Church has been taught to enterprise. I wish these days were not so, but they are so. I wish I was just a joker like many of them who just came to joke in this church and to deceive you. But this is the truth. I lie not in the Holy Spirit and my conscience bears me witness. I wish I, I, I can almost read your mind. That, oh, he comes again to say what God has done. I wish they were not so. But they are so. If they are so, you are under responsibility. You are suffering in the midst of plenty. You are disobedient. You are asleep at Zion. You are not walking in the will of God until you go back to the word. Go back to the word. Go back to the word. Go back. Arise today and go back to the word. Arise and go back to the word. Get the word, but I'm not. I wish we could sabotage the word on, on my personality, but it's not possible. I wish we could run God's word has been untrue on your personalities. I wish I could say for your attitudes that I know so well, God's word is not so. I wish I could say for your bad manners, for your good deeds, or for your bad deeds, God's word is not so. But it's impossible. Let God be true and all men be liars. Go back to the word to go back. Stop playing church. Stop just coming for the fun of it. Stop coming to play church here. You must go back to the word of God. The things you have had, you must begin to believe them. You must live by them. You must start to stand for the truth. Take a stand for holiness. Take a stand for righteousness. Take a stand for heaven. Take a stand for the truth. Take a stand for Christianity. Take a stand for God. Take a stand for Christ. Take a stand for purity. Take a stand for power. Take a stand for purpose. Take a stand for integrity. Take a stand for the truth. Take a stand and take a stand today. Jesus. Jesus. Sometimes when I use those percentages... I wish we were the other way around. I wish I was saying 99% of pastors are right. I wish I said 99% of Christians are right. But it's never so. It's never so. It's a spike in the truth. It's kicking against the pricks. We have a hard way to go. A rough path. Against religion that has replaced Christianity today. 
we have a hard way and a rough path to tread against gold that has been successfully used to replace God in the midst of his tabernacle. God has been sent out and his word despised. Gold has been brought in and worldliness encouraged. I've been raised. Demons have been raised in the church. The sick are cast out and the dead are healed. Of the world we speak with, we've lost the tongues of heaven. The church here took a stand today. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at a very sleepy terrain right now in the body of Christ. It's a sleepy terrain. I see in a vision we are falling off the cliff into more ungodliness, into more unworldliness. We have pushed ourselves for lack of knowledge to the cliff and we are dropping and dripping and dripping and drifting and falling headlong into the very deep valley of ungodliness. Tap into the power of resurrection today and begin to live right as a Christian by the truth and the creed of the word. I don't believe you unless you are speaking the mind of God through his word to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, man. Make up your mind. I want to make up your mind today. Repent and go back to the word. Repent and go back to the word. Repent right now and go back to the word. Stop playing church. Stop being an ordinary Christian. Stop being a lazy Christian. Find time to read your Bible. Find time to come in with God. Find the time. You need it. Find the time. You need it. Stop Stop harassing yourself. Stop wasting your time over things that are not. Stop majoring the minors. Take your Bible to heart and start living by it today. Start reading it. Start it today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.